toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. Thank you so much again for tuning in this week. I'm Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Kelly Tellickson. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey, and we would like to thank our Patreon supporters for allowing this weekly conscious conversation. We are so grateful for all the support we have received with our monthly donations on Patreon, the five-star written reviews on iTunes and Spotify, and the connection within our Awakening Souls Facebook community. We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. And if you like what you hear, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin to invite you to take a moment and get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you're ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself. And imagine breathing that light and love out and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Kelly Tallickson. Kelly is a board-certified hypnotist under the National Guild of Hypnotists, specializing in transpersonal hypnosis an NGH hypnosis instructor and president of the Long Island NGH chapter. Kelly teaches basic and advanced hypnosis courses and is a writer and lecturer on healing the shadow of the soul and reconnecting to our divine selves. Kelly is also trained in holistic psychology, parts healing and integration, age regression, heart math, ancestral healing, past life regression, lives between lives, spiritual healing, and the whole poponopono. Kelly is the author of the published books, The Voiceless Soul and Healing Our Unhealed Parts, and has published articles with naturalnews.com, psychcentral.com, wakeupworld.com, Elephant Journal, and Prevent Disease. In Kelly's daily practice, she works with clients one-on-one to locate and heal unresolved emotional trauma from the past and guides her clients into a deep spiritual experience with their true divine selves to resolve the conflict between their true self and their false self created by the human experiences of fear. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Kelly. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you for that beautiful intro. (laughs) Hi, Stacey. Hello. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And can you tell us about your journey and what has led you down the spiritual path? Yeah. So years ago, I did have a very rough childhood and I noticed it was showing up physically, but I didn't know that right away. So I did a lot of research on healing the physical body. I was very focused on the physical, not knowing the connection between emotions and the physical. So I stayed strictly focused on the physical 
And I did get better. I started to feel better. I started to feel more energy. I was a little bit less sad, you know, I just got a little bit more motivated, but it didn't feel like enough. So I started digging into more research, thinking it's still on a physical level. So I started following this Dr. Uh, McCola. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he mm-hmm, has yes. a, website, a blog. Okay. So I would get very into nutrition and I was obsessed with it. So I like read every article he wrote. And then one of them, which changed my life was it said, if you're still getting sinus infections, you're not doing the following. And that's where I was like, oh, come on now, Dr. McCola, I'm doing it all. I'm following your whole protocol. What am I not doing? And as I'm looking at the list and I'm checking off, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And it gets to the bottom and it says, and you're not harboring any childhood emotional trauma. And that's when I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, what does this have to do with my physical body? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I drained of energy? And he was absolutely right. So this led me on a journey to find out what could I be holding on to? And what mm-hmm. is the connection between these emotions and my feeling drained of energy. Hmm. So that led me on a whole journey of really investigating on the mind body. And then I started getting into spiritual work, deeply into spiritual work and realizing that it's, it's not just a way to, you shouldn't just tap into spiritual work because then you're bypassing the trauma. Mm -hmm. You have to really look at the whole picture of the human experience which includes our spirituality, but our physical realm and also our emotions and our psychological makeup, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously our environment and how that all plays into everything. So I just kept doing the digging and I've learned so much, read so many books, did so much training in my own journey to heal myself that when I really fully healed and it was energized and the sinus infections went away and I was happier and I was really feeling more joyful for life finally, I looked back at my childhood and it was like, wow, if that didn't happen, I would have never learned all of this. I still Mm -hmm. would have not understood the pain of a child and how it plays out in adulthood, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So of course that led me on a journey. And when I realized that a lot had to do with the subconscious and the unconscious and suppressed emotions, I became a hypnotist. Mm. And after taking basic hypnosis, it wasn't enough for me. So I took past life regression. It was past life regression when I noticed that when you get somebody that deep in hypnosis and you go to the past, past life, and they were healing there, and we were applying it to what was going on in their life now, I thought, well, why not go back in this life? So I started researching that. And that's when I studied age regression, which is regressing somebody back to where it all began. And then when I started getting clients going back to the womb, birth, infancy, early childhood, and expressing this pain and feelings, I started investigating trauma in the womb, trauma at birth, and it all started to make sense. So even with certain clients, when they would have an experience in the womb, or they would have an experience at birth, and of course, they don't remember on a psychological level, but the body remembers. So they're interpreting the vibration and the feelings and the emotions trapped in the body which they could pick up from mother. They could pick up in their environment, even when they're in the womb. So if there's yelling outside the womb, the baby that's developing, right? Their nervous system, their brain, their heart is the first part. Their nervous system is picking up on this energy and it could lock into the nervous system. So I would have never known any of this and digging into all this, I found it so fascinating. And then I, when I go back to my clients and and things happen with them, and then they would go home to their parents, their parents would say, oh my God, how did you know that? Hmm. So they would basically confirm what was coming up in hypnosis because you can make things up in hypnosis, your imagination go run wild, but that everything was confirmed. So I found it so fascinating. So I ended up writing the book, The Voiceless Soul, which is the energy we carry before we can speak. Mm. So it's basically trapped within us and we're carrying this, we're carrying the emotions of mother, the fear of mother and father fighting, the fear of sister not wanting us to be born, whatever it is that we're picking up on. And it doesn't mean it's true. It just means that's what we interpret it because we come in in survival mode and we wanna know that we're gonna be safe here. Mm-hmm. And that kind of energy right away attacks the nervous system to a feeling of fear. Mm-hmm. So you're either going to have that feeling of love, security, safety, 
or you're going to have a feeling of fear when you're entering the world and when you're an infant. Yeah. What an amazing story. I think all of that, there's so much to unpack. I'm excited for this conversation, (laughs) but I think I can definitely relate to you personally in terms of how trauma gets trapped in the physical body. And I too was in a similar situation where I was having all these digestive issues, did all the things I was supposed to do with diet and nutrition and did, you know, absolutely perfectly, but would still struggle with um, digestive issues. And finally, when I got into the emotions that I was stomaching, yes, that's when the healing started happening. And some of the supplements and things that I was taking previously actually started to work once I dealt with the emotional boundaries I needed to put in place. It is truly amazing how for some of us, and this isn't true for everyone, but how some of those emotional whether they're issues from past, past lives, previ- like previously in age where we have no really memory recollection of it can come out through the physical body. Like that's the way it speaks to us, I say. So tell us more about that. How can trauma, even emotional trauma or even spiritual trauma be trapped in the physical body? Like what you mentioned your story, like what does that look or feel like? I see it as an energetic imprint. Okay, because emotions are energy, thoughts are energy, fear is energy. Okay, so if you're pulling in energy that's heavy, that doesn't feel good to, but that weighs on the body, it's going to drain your your energy that gives you motivation, ambition, um, inspiration, make you feel good. So when you start getting drained and the body starts getting drained, it's not working as hard. And when it's not working as hard, you're prone to illness. So it basically can bring down the immune system because now it's weighing heavy on the nervous system. It's weighing heavy in the heart. Some people hold the energy in their back. And in Chinese traditional medicine, that would mean they don't feel support in this life, right? Some people get knee issues. A lot of people do get IBS. They get stomach issues. And a lot of that is usually from childhood anxiety. Child doesn't know how to say, I have anxiety. They say, my stomach hurts. And right away, they get something for the stomach because the parents don't understand that they're actually trying to express, I'm feeling some anxiety or fear. Yeah. And so, you know, I think many people can go through life and be unaware of these traumas and, you know, where, you know, maybe mom or dad left when they were or died or something, you know, when they were born or in utero or, you know, something like that. And they go through this life living, you know, or feeling maybe abandoned or this loss and they can't ever really pinpoint it. And so, you know, and then they maybe go into therapy for years and years and, you know, try to talk their way through it. You know, as a therapist myself, you know, I, I work with the body. And so talking about it just, I know, you know, perpetuates the problem. So we have to go through the body, the body mind to, you know, really work through that. But I'm wondering, you know, from your perspective, what makes it so difficult for someone to maybe pinpoint that or to help them release that trauma, you know, can they actually get to that root of maybe some of their deep seated issues that they have been experiencing for maybe their whole lifetime or beyond? Absolutely. When, as an adult, let's take an example, you lost a parent at the age of five. Okay. Now you have all of this connection, security, and love from a mother and she passes away. A five-year-old does not understand what death is. What they feel at that moment is abandonment. This gets anchored into the body as an energetic imprint. This is what's called a part of your energetic field, a part of your soul, a soul imprint, whatever you want to call it. It's an energetic imprint. The adult mind, now she's growing up, right? Young girl loses her mother. She grows up. She's 30, 40 years old. She goes to therapy and says, I can't seem to hold on to relationships. I always seem to feel like I picked the wrong people. So what I would do at that point, you know, I'm looking for red flags and I'm always asking, what was it like growing up? And they would say like, well, my mom died when I was five. And right away, that's a red flag for me. And the word abandonment comes to me, you know, fear, whatever. 
but they're not thinking those terms because they've already analyzed from an adult mind that there was a death. I lost my mother. She's on the other side. She's in heaven. She's at peace. They've analyzed that. But what happens is that childhood imprint is still there of abandonment. It's in the body. So what's happening is the body's feeding this back to the adult mind unconsciously. They're in fight or flight. The child is. They're in survival mm -hmm. mode. How will I survive this? I've lost love. The first moment in our life when we fear the loss of love or we've lost love or we've never had love, that's when we go into survival mode. Because love is the way we feel like we belong, that we'll be taken care of, we'll be fed, we'll be clothed, we will get our needs met. Okay. So now if you have a childhood imprint that says, I've been abandoned, but the adult mind says, oh, my mother died nonchalantly. I've handled that. I've made peace with it. I know she loved me. I know she was sick. She had to go. She had to leave her body. She's on the other side. I'm so spiritual. I get it. I get that too. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's normal. But what they don't understand is that there's still a part of them that's trapped in the space and time of that event. Mm -hmm. And that's playing out in the unconscious. And what's ever playing out in the unconscious is going to show up in your reality through your adult relationships. So what happens is the moment this woman might get close to somebody, her fear of abandonment makes her sabotage it and abandon them before they'll abandon her, but blame them for the abandonment. Mm -hmm. You follow what I'm saying? So the whole idea here is to get into that imprint. So your question was, how do we do that? So I use hypnosis, but I'm also heart map certified. And that will take you into a trance. It'll take you into your body. It'll connect your mind body. Okay. So the first thing I learned in heart math, which is called the um, breathing technique, the heart breathing technique is when you connect the mind and the heart. So what they can do is if they want to really dive into their body, dive into their past, they have to make sure they're coming from love and compassion. So we're going to breathe through the heart real slowly and imagine that the breath is flowing in and out of the heart, nice and slow, nice and gentle, until you start to feel that you're no longer connected by stimuli around you and that you've gone more deep within. So it's almost like going into meditation. Okay. But as you're going into it, you want to call forward the part of you that needs your love and attention. Because what happens is we reject these parts of us, the child parts of us that are hurt, that are in pain, that feel unlovable, that feel abandoned. We reject those parts as if they didn't exist because if we had to acknowledge them, it pulls us back down. So we act like they don't exist and we go on with life. Or we try to fix that part of us as if they were broken. And they're not broken. They're not flawed. They're perfectly beautiful, healthy, normal, divine, lovable beings right? But you have to treat that inner child that way. So you come in and you welcome that and you welcome, come to me, beautiful divine being, my younger self, the part of me that needs my love and attention today. Hmm. And then you wait for that part to surface and you have a dialogue with that part of you with love and compassion. But the first thing you want to say is what is it that you need that you did not receive? Instead of saying, oh, everything's going to be okay, because now you're back to telling the child how they need to feel. Instead of asking the child, how do you feel? And nobody ever asked the child part how it feels. Mm -hmm. Once you have that dialogue with the adult self and the child self, and the child gets to speak up and say, this is how I feel, and this is what I need, and this is what I didn't get. Okay, that's when the adult self can say, well, I'm here for you, and you're not alone anymore. And if they say, I need a hug, picture yourself hugging that younger version of you. If they see I need to know I'm loved, I love you. I need to know I'm safe. You're always safe with me. Okay. So what you're doing is you're helping the child heal that emotional pain, and then they can mature with the rest of you. They can come out of that trap. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. And such a powerful practice, mm -hmm. you know, to speak to that inner child within that didn't get their, their needs met. And I think yes. that um, can affect us on, on, on the physical level and the emo mental emotional level. I know we try to separate those pieces of ourselves like, well, this is my physical body issues and this is the mental emotional issues, yes. but I'm a firm believer it's all integrated. 
and it can be so rooted into childhood memories or I mean not even that far you even mentioned like past life let's let's dive into that a little bit because um, I find past life regressions like fascinating I also know people that are like oh I don't know about about that that are you know quite skeptical and and I can understand that too but um, let's dive into this past life regression. How can that even impact our current state of well-being? That's an interesting question. And people ask me that all the time, Brenda, because what's interesting, and whether you believe it or not, you're most likely going to get a healing out of it. Hmm. And because, and, and this is the article I wrote with Psych Central. They actually contacted me because they liked my stance on past life because I am looking at both sides of it. Is it really a past life? Did we make it up? Did it come from a thought form connected to a field of consciousness? Because thoughts can't die because they're energy. So if thoughts can't die, are we pulling in the thoughts of someone who resonates with us who died a thousand years ago? But since our life is so much like ours today, because history does repeat itself, consciousness moves through generations. How do we know it wasn't an ancestor? How do we know it wasn't somebody we're just resonating with? Put it this way. All right, so a lot of people might go back to say, I was a slave. And I would say, well, how does that relate to your life now? I feel like a slave. I got six kids. Nobody ever helps me. I do everything. Okay, well, you might feel like a slave. You may hold that consciousness, but you might be drawing in the energy and consciousness and thought forms of an actual slave that passed away years ago. Or were you the actual slave? Hmm. So the reason I write about that is because I understand why people would be on the fence. Mm -hmm. That do we actually, you know, I do believe the soul is, in, you know, infinite. It does move on, but does it come back? Right? Mm -hmm. So yes, that's always a hot topic. Always a great question. Mm -hmm. But it is so deeply healing. So I don't worry so much if it's real or not, because we're here to heal. So when I take somebody to a past life, I'm focusing on what's going on in their life now. And I'm guiding them back based on either that emotion that they're feeling now or the language that they keep repeating over and over again. Like, I just feel like I'm not enough. I just feel like I'm not enough. If they said it at least three times, I'm going to make them repeat it. And I'm going to use their language to guide them back to find a lifetime where they felt like they weren't enough. Or if they give me an emotion, I just seem to have this overwhelming feeling of abandonment. I will have them feel that overwhelming feeling, which means I'm guiding them back based on the emotions that they're feeling, okay? Or we go with what the body tells them. I seem to keep getting stomach issues. Focus on the body, focus on the stomach, Take that back as if you were going through a tunnel through your stomach to the first time you felt that same feeling you're holding in your stomach now. So we can either do it somatically or we can do it linguistically or we can do it with the emotions, which is called the affect. And this is called bridging it back. Once we bridge it back to the past, we start working through the past life. And some of them are super intense, starvation, war, you know, slavery, really deep stuff. I mean, stuff I probably shouldn't even repeat, but it's really intense some of it. And, but they have to work through that. And then what happens is we have to do, do the spiritual healing in the past life, which means, do you need to forgive somebody, anybody, mm -hmm. other people? Do you need to forgive yourself? Um, what did you learn from that past life? What can you take with you? What can you leave behind? What can you heal now? What do you need to still learn? Did you make a contract with that person? Do you recognize the soul? Are they with you in your current life? And people, yeah, it's my mother in my current life. She's my daughter there. Happens all the time, right? Mm. So now I ask them, did you make a contract with them? And then they'll tell me and we go through all of that. And then what happens is we go through the death scene. And I think the death scene is very important. Now, even though I was trained by Dr. Brian Weiss, who's very famous for doing past mm -hmm. life regress, since he wrote Many Lives, Many Masters, we did have a disagreement about the death scene. He said he didn't believe you needed to go to the death scene. I said, I think you do. And he was so beautiful and spiritual. And he says, okay, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> you know, But I just feel like, what did you take with you the moment you died? It's in your soul now. So did you die with regrets? Did you die with saying, I will get you back? because now you just made a promise. Mm -hmm. Did you die telling a lover, I'll never love another, because now you made another promise. Did you die saying to yourself, I'll never get married again. Now you made a personal vow. This could play out in your current lifetime. Mm -hmm. So now after the 
soul leaves the body, the soul basically gets to review that lifetime. And then I ask questions, which is called the soul review. So now we're asking, how do you apply that to your life now? And how can you take the healing you just did there and apply it to your life now? And it is life-changing. So we are really working in the current life using past life memories. Hmm. So whether you made it up or not, or where it came from, if it came from some kind of um, morphic field out there, it doesn't matter. Hmm. It's now part of your energy. It's now part of your belief system. And we're going to use that to apply it to where you are now. Yeah, such a powerful process because, you know, no matter if it's real or not real or, or whatever, your, your soma, your body is what's processing through it. And that energy of, you know, whatever issue is coming up for that person. And, and it makes me think, and I know you do some ancestral work. And so how, you know, just doing the work that you're doing is helping the ancestral lineage because I think a lot of people are becoming really aware of how, you know, what their familial patterns have been and they're wanting to really stop that pattern in their current life. And I know in my own experience, you know, I'm doing a lot of ancestral work and working on myself, but also changing the relationships I have with, you know, my ancestors or the people who I've never met before and really connecting with them. And that's had a profound effect. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about what you've seen and how, you know, people are, what you've seen with people healing their ancestral lineage and just by working in the present. Yeah. So what happens is that would be the cycle breaker. You're breaking cycles, right? So there's a cycle going through your ancestral line. So it's been proven scientifically that we do pass on memories through DNA. And that's been proven within my study. So here's what's very interesting is that our grandmothers, when, when they were pregnant with our mother, all mother's eggs were in her womb, which means grandmother's thoughts and feelings could transfer to those eggs. So you could have a fear of a war, like really overwhelming fear of war, of poverty, whatever grandmother was holding on to. It passes to mother and then it passes through to the child. So what happens is um, when I do ancestral work, what I'm doing is I'm helping them understand the pain that their ancestors went through because I tell them that they're energetically have absorbed that pain and it doesn't belong to them. But it's all about forgiveness of the ancestors who couldn't heal it. And we always end it with tell your ancestors that you're doing the work they weren't capable of doing because you have more resources than they had during their generational lifetime. Okay, because we do have more resources now and we have so many resources now and we are so much more aware now about our spirit, about our physical body. There's so much great information and knowledge and wisdom out there for us to learn and absorb and use and the ancient wisdom we carry within us that we can be breaking these cycles now. We can release what we call the shadow side, bring it up for healing instead of pushing it down more and distracting yourself with spirituality or you know, some kind of material thing and, and just really tap into that part of you And when you do this work, never hold blame against any of your ancestors, including Mm -hmm. your primary caregivers. They only did what they were taught. They're also carrying the DNA, energetic fear and pain and trauma of their ancestors, which are your ancestors down the line. So what's happening is as we're passing it down, a lot of people are experiencing more fear than they are love because there was so much fear on this planet. So what are they passing down? They're not passing down love. They're passing down survival consciousness and fear. So you're expecting someone to come into this world and give you and meet every need you have, but they can't if it hasn't been met for them because they don't know what it is. So even when you show you need something, they can't understand why you need that, that feeling of belonging, or you need to be held. Why do you need to be held? I was never held. Why should I hold you? Right? They can't understand. So when we go blame them, we're still holding on to that pain. By blaming them, we're still keeping ourselves entwined with their energy. We're making them responsible for what we're dealing with. 
Okay. Now they are in a way, but they're not doing it on purpose. So if we could release them from the responsibility and take the responsibility, now we have a chance of healing it because now we can take responsibility for it instead of throwing the blame on somebody else, because that's going to what hold us in victimhood. Right? So the idea here is to look at the whole thing as a bigger picture and look at it spiritually and look at it on a deeper level and say, if my mother or my father did not treat me the way I needed to be treated or the way I felt I deserved to be treated, was it because they didn't love me? No, it's because they weren't loving parts of themselves. And those parts of themselves were being projected onto you unconsciously. They did not do it on purpose. Now, I do understand there's some really deep traumas, people. I mean, I've gone through it myself. It's all in my book. I didn't hide it. But yeah, I went through a lot when I was a child, but the only way I was going to be able to heal it was to take the responsibility and say, my father wasn't a responsible man because he was so trapped in his pain. He couldn't be a responsible father. He wasn't capable. He wanted to, he had every intention of it, but he just couldn't do it. There was too much pain inside of him. It was like this rage that just needed to come out. And what happens, unfortunately, is that children do trigger their parents because their parents are seeing the parts of them that were needy and their needs weren't met. So they're basically angry at themselves for not being good enough to get their needs met. And they lash out at their child as if they were lashing out at themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's all projection. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at this and have compassion. Okay. It doesn't mean you need to call up dad and have lunch with them if you can't take the energy, but it means to forgive, have compassion, send love and light, pray for them to heal because yeah. one day they could die and you're going to wish you healed this with them. And you mm -hmm. can do this. Even if they're on the other side, you can do it because you do it with yourself. Yeah. But if you have a love relationship with a parent, but you hold back because you feel they did you wrong, try to understand where did that come from? Where did it come from that they didn't know what to do correctly? Do you think they were taught and they just said, well, I don't want to do it that way. I want to hurt them. I mean, really, we got to bring in the logic mind, but also the compassion and the love mm -hmm. that they did give us a lot of beautiful things. They weren't perfect. If they were totally abusive, they were really so trapped. And that means you have to really just say, I have to forgive myself for believing that I wasn't worthy of the love that I needed from them. And then I want to forgive them for not loving themselves and therefore not able and capable of loving me. And I will just pray for them to heal because they need to heal in order for them to feel safe and loved. But mm -hmm. I cannot be in their energy. Mm -hmm. It's too heavy but I will love them from afar, if that makes sense. It sounds yeah. like really putting emotional boundaries yeah. in place, you know, like, like you can't be in that other individual's energy. And it sounds as though, you know, compassion is this necessary key for true forgiveness. Yes. Not saying that it's easy by yeah. any means. So I'm, I'm also curious, is this one of the ways or the way to help release some of this trauma that's maybe below our consciousness? Do you feel like compassion is sort of the antidote to helping release some of this trauma that's stored? Yeah, I actually do talk about that in my book. And I talk about compassion on a higher level, not just, okay, I get it. I understand they did the best they could because you're still analyzing it. It's compassion from the heart. That's the higher level of compassion. It's mm -hmm. true compassion, right? Because how can you forgive somebody who really hurt you bad, whether it was emotional, physical, or both, right? How do you forgive them if in your mind, in your child mind and all of that, you believe that they knew what they were doing, that they really wanted to hurt you? Why would you have compassion for somebody like that, right? But in understanding, and you form compassion from a heart space and say, they must have been really damaged inside. They must have been really hurt. They must have really had a rough life and are so disconnected from their heart space that they don't even know they hurt me. So I'm going to forgive myself for thinking that was about me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say there's something wrong with them. And I'm not going to say there's something wrong with me. I'm going to say, where did it go wrong for them? which caused it to go wrong for me? Where did it go wrong for the people that hurt them unconsciously that caused it to go wrong for them? Because we're really just transferring our pain. Mm 
to each other in an attempt to get it off our bodies. Mm-hmm. It's projection. Hello, this is Stacy Musial with Be The Love Podcast, and we are talking about the 14 Days of Magic Mind Challenge. We are doing this 14 days of this little productivity shot with lots of green goodness, including ceremonial grade matcha, which is a beautiful way to start your day. It's not too late to join us for this challenge. Go to magicmind.co forward slash 14 days of magic and receive 20% off with the coupon code BELOVE14. And this is Brenda Carey, also of Be The Love Podcast. I've so appreciated the morning boost that I get when I take the Magic Mind Elixir productivity shot in the morning. It just gets my mind going, but I don't feel jittery because oftentimes coffee just makes me feel like almost like an out-of-body experience and not in a good way. But this is a great way to start your morning with clarity and with the energy that you need to have an amazing, sustainable day. So please join us at magicmind.com forward slash 14 days of magic. I love that because really, you know, it's recognizing the humanness in us all, right? Yes. And that we're, you know, we might have been raised by our parents, but really, you know, there's no hierarchy. And so we can, when we come from that place of compassion, we can really let go and, and see our parents as humans and not as someone who has all the answers or you know however maybe they set themselves up as a child when you were a child you know and and so you know recognizing the equality there is within that and that you know our parents might be on a different soul evolution than we are you know and so recognizing that can really help move through some of that energy. And it sounds like, I mean, just such a powerful practice. I know it's been that way for me in my own life. And, you know, as I've evolved and, you know, and I see my parents as humans, it's let go of a lot of, you know, a lot of trauma, a lot of expectations. And, and so it's, yeah, it's a very powerful, powerful thing to come into that awareness. I'm wondering too, if there's other techniques that you can talk about that might be helpful in helping people move through some of this deeper trauma. Absolutely. What I tell my clients is I want you to picture when somebody is projecting, don't see the adult, Mm -hmm. see the child inside of them, because that's who's speaking. Mm -hmm. It's not the adult. Adults don't act like that. Adults don't lash out and have knee-jerk reactions. That's coming from the body, from an imprint of an emotional pain that's trapped in there, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're in your adult mind and you're in your conscious awareness, you don't start throwing tantrums. You don't start getting like a raging lunatic. You don't start screaming at the top of your lungs. So when somebody, or even if you say something very mean and sarcastic, look deeper into that. Take a deep breath. First of all, don't take it on. Ask yourself, what would cause them to say that? Something's going on in them for them to act like that, to be like that. Now, if you get triggered, now you have to do that. What's going on inside of me that they just shook up, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea is to always picture when somebody's projecting or somebody's saying something mean or not showing you kindness and compassion and love is that something inside of them is off balance. And that's what just showed up mm-hmm. because we all trigger each other. Okay. We're all hoping to receive love and respect. We're not always going to get it because there's going to be parts of us that are angry. If we don't heal it, very angry, very sad, depressed, could even be in a rage. This is all trapped energy that comes out when we're triggered. So if you could understand all that, you could look back and say, wow, I remember when my mother did this or my father threw that at me or whatever. Yeah, that's not an adult. That's a child in anger coming out. They cannot control these parts. They've been suppressed and they thought they had control over it. You have no control over this. It's unconscious and it's automatic behavior now. So I truly believe in having that dialogue with the adult self and the child self, but also 
when I have my client in hypnosis, I might have their adult self or their child self have a conversation with the child in the adult that they're blaming. Mm-hmm. And that immediately releases blame, heals the relationship on whatever level it needs to be healed, whether you're going to, whether they're on the side, whether they're still in a physical body, whether you want to see them or whether you don't, you need to heal it because you need to break the, the chain that's holding together with this negative bond. You don't want to be bonded with somebody in a negative way. It's not good for your energy body, mm-hmm. right? So this whole thing, like I even wrote one of the articles about cutting cords. You can't just go into your psychological mind and cut a cord and, and it's done. You still have psychological attachments to your pain. And if it's trapped in the body, how is cord cutting releasing it from the body? Okay. It temporarily gives you a good feeling in your consciousness, but it's still trapped in you because it hasn't been dealt with on that deeper level where it's trapped. Mm -hmm. So I find using hypnosis and getting my clients in a very, very, very deep trance and bringing in all the different characters that they bring up that made them feel bad and do what I call soul to soul communication. Because when I work with clients, I basically guide their soul out of their body into the spirit world because in the spirit world we're all collectively one Mm -hmm. so i say now that you're collectively one with all that is now you can talk to the spirit of those that are in a body or whether they're on the other side you get to work out from a soul to soul what is going on between you and what needs to be healed and what happens is we clear up so much confusion and not even that when you're coming from spirit You only come from love and compassion. It's only when you're trapped in the body that you're trapped in the ego and the fear of this world. And if you're going to survive it, right? So when you're in spirit, you're coming from all of that love and compassion that spirit is. So when the child might say to mom, the child self, who's actually an adult in my chair, but I'm talking to her child part, I say, okay, little one, what do you need to say to mom? And they might say, why didn't you love me? And mom is always going to say, I too love you. And I say, okay, respond to mom. Well, why are you never paying attention to me? I try to, but I'm so busy. I love you. I want to spend more time with you. I just feel so overwhelmed. And next thing you know, my client is crying and says, she's so sorry. She loves me. I know she does. Now we've healed that. Hmm. There's no more anger. There's no more resentments. There's no more fear and anxiety around mom. Okay. That changes the adult relationships now. Because what they were carrying is going to play out in their adult relationships. They're no longer triggered. They're no longer fear of abandonment. They're no longer fear that they're not worthy of attention because that all gets healed at the source. Yeah. I love that story of the, the client and how that comes about with this inner, this dialogue between the inner child and the the parent, you know, that Uh play of back and forth. Do you have any other stories of clients or maybe even a personal one that you could share that kind of also goes through this healing process to give to our listeners? Yeah, I find this very interesting that um, a lot of my sessions are one and done because they're going so deep so quick and they're getting right to the root of it. But if they had chronic emotional stuff over the years, then they would need more sessions. But I did have a girl come to me and she was not very uh, into the spiritual realm. So I don't bring in the spirituality, but I did use age regression. And she did tell me I could share this story because she does want to help other people, but I won't mention her name. But she came in, she was 24 years old, beautiful young girl uh, with blonde hair. And she had a braid in and he came down in front of her, down her, you know, across her chest. And she told me that she's been pulling her hair out for 17 years. And that she kept saying, there's no cure. There's no cure. And I said, okay, okay. You know, I said, well, let's, let's work today and let's try to see what we can come up with. And she kept saying, well, there's no cure. She says, but you're my last resort. I said, okay, okay. She pretty much drilled it into her mind that there's no cure. So I kept saying, well, this is tough because now that she said that, I hope she's not going to reject that. Maybe this is emotional and maybe this can be healed. I don't want her to reject that. So I did age regression. She went back to the age of seven when her father was packing up to leave the home for good. Separation, divorce. And she started pulling her hair then because I, age regression means go back to the first time you pulled your hair. Mm-hmm. So we go through the healing with the dad. We bring in dad because we want to heal the abandonment issues, all of that. But I also threw in the session that 
Now you realize you don't need to pull your hair. Dad never left you. He left the home so you'd have more peace in the home, but he never left you. He loves you, blah, 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 whatever, right? So we go through the whole healing process. Then I bring in that you realize how much you love having the hair on your head. So you play with it, you touch it, you love it, you feel it, you love the way it feels, but you don't pull it. So that's like giving affirmations at the end to anchor it in. When she was done with this session, she just looked at me with a blank stare. And she just said, how much do I owe you? So I told her, and then she's, you know, she's getting at our credit card. And then I said, I really recommend another session because we went deep with this. We really, really touched on something important. I know we did some work around it, but maybe another session will really tie it together. I said, would you like to schedule another session? She says, not right now. She says, um, just let me pay you. I said, okay. And she seemed annoyed. And I felt really bad because you know, when you're like so close, you know, and I felt really bad, young girl. Three months later, I get a picture of her as a bride with the groom from her wedding. And she says, dear Kelly, I'm not sure what to say, except that three months ago, I walked into a stranger's office telling her that I have trichosolomania and that there is no cure. She said, I don't even know what happened that day, but all I know is I never pulled my hair again. Mm. I play with it. I touch it. I take care of it, but I've never pulled it. Mm. And she says, I don't know what you did. She says, but that changed my life forever. And I'll be forever grateful to you for that. And it was such a beautiful story that to have 17 years of ripping your hair out and having a bald spot in the back of your head. And it all went back to dad walking out and you believe and mm. you've been abandoned and you've lost love. Oh, what a beautiful that was her story. Right. Yeah. Such a powerful yeah. story. Just no. Uh, recognizing to you know how we can get to the root you know we might mm -hmm. not always yeah we it's not always conscious but that underlying unconscious behavior that's happening you know from such a deep place yeah. you know when we make that decision you know when that trauma happens you know we can going back to that really you know helps us to we can you know heal on on such a deep level we don't have to live with these you know behaviors yeah and just to recognize that that's yeah. right. That's right. So Kelly, please tell our listeners where they can find you and what you're currently working on. Okay. So I do have those two books. I highly recommend them reading both books because they are deeply healing and they both have exercises at the end that can tap them into their inner child. I'm getting a lot of great feedback, even from therapists that are reading my book, The Voiceless Soul. They said every therapist should read it. What I do want to share is that they can go to my website which is heart, plural for heart, inharmonyhypnosis.com. On my website, they can click on the link for the YouTube channel and listen to some of those videos. And we tap into inner child work, past life regression. But there is a meditation on there that has been very helpful for many people. And it's called the Ascension Meditation. And because we are currently going through an awakening, an ascension process over the planet, parts of us are still trapped in the shadow side, in the trauma, which means those parts of us cannot ascend. So this helps them tap into the parts of them that are trapped in trauma and to have a dialogue while they're in meditation with their current ascended self mm. and the part of them that's trapped that can't ascend to help them ascend to help them heal the trauma, to give them what they need now that they didn't receive. So it's bringing those parts. So you can call it like a fragmented soul, right? We got parts of us trapped mm -hmm. and parts of us ascending. So we're fragmented. And until we bring all of that together, all of us cannot ascend, right? Mm -hmm. So that will help them do that. But what I want to offer um, anybody who listens to this podcast, if they send me an email to kelly at heartwisdom.info, I will share with them what's called the parts therapy healing process, which I sell on my website. It will be my gift to them and I will attach it. And what it is, it's a little bit of an audio book at the beginning. Well, they get the PDF of the book, a little bit of talking about what it means to have those parts of us trapped in trauma and how there's protector parts that protect these parts trapped in trauma, which keep them out of our conscious awareness. And that's why we're not healing. It's about how to work with your protector parts. Mm -hmm. And then it takes you through a meditation to work with these parts of you 
one at a time until you heal one part, you don't go to the next. Once you heal it and you bring it up to the rest of you and it integrates with the whole of who you are and you still have other parts that need healing, then you start again with that meditation. Once you feel that you've done enough of that, all the parts have been healed and integrated, then there's a final meditation, which brings it all together to help you fully ascend into the light and love and truth and divine energy of who you are. It's a beautiful process. People love it. And it would be my gift to anybody who signs on to this podcast. That's such beautiful work. I know the internal IFS or internal family systems parts work is such yes. a powerful process. And it's based on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, we'll add all your um, links to the show notes. So thank you so much for offering that to our listeners. I know it'll be just so beautiful and yeah, helpful for our listeners. So thank you. And thank you so much, Kelly, for being here today with us and sharing the space for this beautiful conscious conversation. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Stacey. Thank you, Brent. It's been a pleasure for me as well. And I thank you very much for this opportunity to share my voice. Absolutely. We are, we are so thrilled to be able to do that. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. And if you have enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes, or liking us on Facebook. Please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls and with special guest interviews and speak the love conscious conversations with your co-hosts, myself and Brenda. A monthly donation of $2.22 or $5.55 really helps with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays and Thursdays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.